Welcome to the I Am Awesome podcast, where we celebrate the extraordinary nature of being human. In Psalm 139, 14, it is written that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and it is time to truly understand the depth of that truth. Throughout our lives, we often forget our inherent awesomeness and amazing potential. But let's reclaim our birthright, for we are not accidents. We are carefully knit together in the womb, each of us made with a purpose. Life circumstances, whether it's trauma, upbringing, health challenges, or loss, may have caused us to doubt ourselves, but no longer. Join me along with my co-hosts as we embark on a journey to rediscover our true awesomeness. Together, we'll explore the depths of our potential, guided by the latest research, insights from experts, and inspiring stories of ordinary individuals who have achieved extraordinary results. In each episode, you can expect actionable insights and practical advice that you can implement immediately. We'll delve into topics such as personal growth, self-care, mindset, relationships, and much, much more. No matter where you are in your journey, this podcast will provide the tools and inspiration you need to step into your full potential. Are you ready to reclaim your birthright? Are you ready to stand confidently in your most awesome and amazing state of being? Then join us on the I Am Awesome podcast and together create the ultimate awesome human experience. Well, hello, you awesome, amazing human. I'm so grateful you're here. So I'm excited about this topic. It seems difficult, but I think you'll be pleasantly surprised if you listen to it through and through all the way to the end. I do believe there's a lot of value here. And I think what I'm really desperately hoping we can do for all of us that are hearing my voice and and will listen to this podcast is that we can begin to shift the culture of our, our generation, which I'm in my 40s, I don't know what age group you're in, and majority of our listeners tend to be in the mid-30s up to the 60 years of age, it's not too late for us to turn around and begin demonstrating, I think, an example, first and foremost, we have the responsibility to demonstrate to people how to have the tough conversations, those religion conversations, the political ones, the sex talks, all of it, the things that are difficult and uncomfortable. And I really want us to be able to find a way to do that better than the generation before and the generation before that. It's on us. If it's to be, it starts with me. That's the motto. I'm uh, the mantra I have with this or motto, however you look at that. There's an infographic on our uh, Facebook page that I shared. It's also in the episode that kind of sprung this thought for me. Like this was a big deal to me because I feel like when I read the good word, one of the things I pick up on is in Ephesians six twelve. it talks about, we don't war against flesh and blood. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We don't have physical fist fights in war. That doesn't really solve things. It's we're dealing with thoughts we're dealing with systems of beliefs. We're dealing with ideations. There are evil forces and there are good forces in the world that are at, at challenge with each other. And there, it's the unseen stuff. And so when we are well, not willing to have the tough conversations, that's dangerous because we have to have them. So I think it's super important. And that's why this episode was so passionate and so um, important to me to get out and so I would love your feedback always. And, and, and this is how it starts. We start, we share something with you and hopefully you respond back and we can figure out what other subjects you might want to talk about. Or if you have ideas that could be added to this, come to the Facebook page, let us know. We have an email as well. It's uh, the IAA podcast at gmail.com. Reach out, send us a message. I would, if we might even read your response over the air, if it's, if it's good enough, right? I mean, I want to have those conversations and uh, so anyway, there's a few great things. And we, I talked about um, Victor Franklin here, who I think had some really powerful statements that he's made on how to tackle difficult conversations starting and, and what we need to be doing. And I think the number one thing to, that I pull out of this whole thing is that it's on me. We have to work on us and how we're going to show up to a conversation. And I think the biggest overarching thing that I feel is important is be curious and hold space for the other person and respect them enough to know that they're just as a valuable human being as you are. You know, and that was another thing I was in my devotions and I was reading Matthew 5 verse 33 and it talked about swearing an oath. And and God was just kind of saying like, who the heck do you think you are to swear by anything? 
And I just thought when I heard that, I'm like, who are you? Who do you think you are? You're just as good a human being as the next person. You're just as awesome and amazing as they are. So why can't you sit down and have a respectful conversation, whether you agree or disagree or not, it doesn't matter. So just people not to be known they were seen, heard, and respected. We all want love and to be loved, or I'm rather love and to be loved. I mean, that's a goal. And, and that's just human nature. So let's start with where we have commonality and work through it. And at the end of the day, if we don't agree, we can lovingly and respectfully just disagree. And even, you know, so much so as say, look, this subject, we've tried talking about it. We're not getting much headway with it. We're not working it out very well together. Let's just agree to let that one go and find the other things we do have in common and, and love each other in that way and get along. I mean, that's not, it's not impossible to do that. And it's not out of the, it's not, it's not like you're quit. You're, you didn't, you know, satisfy the thing. You aren't a quitter. You aren't, you know, avoiding something. It's just, you realize that maybe there's just not a way to come to a common understanding and end to it. And you just have to agree to disagree. And that's okay too. So without further ado, enjoy the episode on the other side of it. Let me know what you think. And welcome back to another episode of the I'm Awesome podcast. We're so happy you're here. Good morning. All right. So I went first last week on the awesome thing of the week. I do want to make mention I had my friend yesterday that I met with. She told me because we started this, she sat back and went, gosh, I wonder what my awesome thing is for the week. Uh, and so she had a reflection cool. point on that. I'm like, yes, that's exactly why we did it because yeah. I want people to be looking for it. And that's what I told her. I said, the whole impetus for me was I wanted to start my week off like today going, okay, I'm open. I'm looking for something awesome. Let's see what it's going to be, you know? And so it just makes you have something I guess to look forward to in the week, in my opinion. And it's been beautiful. So for me, this whole awesome thing for me this week, um, something I've been struggling with lately, and I've only sort of mentioned it a few times on my social media, but this whole, um, perfectionism thing has been really hard for me because it's something I've struggled with for all, most of my life. And so many people have too. And I just think when you are on social media and you're scrolling, you're seeing those one minute, you know, videos of people's perfect lives. And then it makes it really hard. And sometimes you can get really down on yourself for it. And I know that I am somebody who falls down that hole sometimes. And, um, my devotionals this week, each day, have been something about how you're awesome, how perfect you are already, and it's just sort of hit me throughout the week. Every day that I was reading them, like, whoa, you know, okay, God's really talking to me because I've been struggling a little bit with the whole perfectionism thing, and I think it is so much more, um, it's just so much be more beautiful when somebody is present or instead of being perfect. Um, that whole saying that perfection, uh, present over perfectionism. I just love that so much. So I had found this quote and I just thought that this quote was super awesome and it related to me so much. <clears throat> so it says present over perfect living is real over image, connecting over comparing meaning over mania and depth over artifice and i just thought i love that because it's so true no one's perfect and the fact that we get to all not be perfect together is what makes us awesome and so that's my awesome moment of the week that's, that's just kind really of what i've been huge. focusing on yeah no i over the time we've known each other i've had you share that a lot i know that's a big deal for you and I'm also the in, have a lot of that in me too, so I get it. Well, all right. So I, I wanted to go last because I didn't like I hate cold coffee, so it gave me a chance to get some coffee in while you were sharing your story. So thank you. <laughs> all right, we we support you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, it was weird because like two days ago, I was like, you know, nothing awesome's happened yet. And I'm just sitting here like this poor pouty little soul, you know, like, where's my awesome thing? I don't really know. I'm not to make something. I'm probably going to be a quote that I have to dig from 30 years ago and figure out how to make that my awesome thing. Because there's nothing awesome. And oh, my gosh, did the floodgates open up after that poor pouting moment for me. So and it, and it, it was like a three, like a 48 hour event almost. It was so cool. So 
some of you may not know, uh, I do IVs um, like for hangover recovery and, and promoting people's health and recovery and hydration all throughout the Las Vegas Valley. And I go to hotels and I, in homes and I just get to meet really amazing humans all from all over the world, which is super cool too. And so that's where these chants, I call them meetings, <laughs> happened. Um, and so I was, the, the, the backstory on the first one is hilarious to me. I was super tired. And the, my phone goes off cause I put on, on, on silent mode until like five 30 in the morning. Cause I start at six 30 and work. And so I usually let it come open at that point. And if there's an early call, I'll get the ding and it'll wake me up, you know? And I woke up, I think probably like it, at three 30, I thought it was, I think it was now five 30 that I think about it. I don't know, or just shy of that. And I was so disoriented and I'm like, Oh, I'm just so tired. I want to go back to bed. And then suddenly the phone dings off and I'm like, son of a. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't want who needs it this early in the freaking morning. I don't understand why these people can't sleep. And, ah, and I'm just going in my head like this is horrible. I get down there and I'm telling you what, it was the 180 of that whole thought. And I'm like, I feel like a total jerk for even thinking this because I was so blessed by this experience. So uh, the guy is there because uh, he is doing a speech for a thing. And, and some of you may know, I've followed these people, but like Ed Milet and um, Andy Frisella and a lot of these really high level coaches and mentors in the world, uh, they were, a, he's a part of that whole network basically. And he had spent with my Ed Milet the night before, and now it was his turn to talk on it. And the cool part was he was, he had an experience about a year, less than a year ago when his mom passed where he had to go to the church, he, he felt this inkling to go to the church early. So he did, and then ended up watching this reflection of all the videos and pictures and collages going through. And he saw his and his family and then his siblings and such. And then he saw his mom and her family. And then he had this aha moment where he realized like he had a different understanding of her whole family tree than he thought. And he realized like he broke a generational curse of of a whole bunch of horrible things that had been going on in family history in the tree drug addiction many multiple divorces incarceration all these things and he had been at a young age incarcerated he had a lot of troubled stuff as a youth but he's married now he's got a good child he's he's in this this group of guys coaching and he's running a a, a ministry group out of pennsylvania with some guys that meet every sunday and they have their own like as he called it church kind of get together and they go over these four pillars that they you know talk about and stuff together and it was just super inspiring and i'm like this is awesome man like I just couldn't believe it, you know, how inspiring. And so he made me think about that. I'm like, you know, I kind of feel like I'm in that same boat with the generational thing. I have a chance to turn where we're going with my family history too. And like, we all have that opportunity. That was, that was the cool part that I took away. Right. And then yesterday I had two chance meetings yesterday. I met with two gals from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, they were just, they were great Christian gals and they were, they, they know they're like best friends, but because of marriage, like her husband, it's his cousin she married and they became just super like, like two peas in a pot. It was so funny to watch them just interact with each other. It was great. And uh, just so, you know, just super encouraged by the the conversations we got to have, you know, that was it just lifted my spirit. You know what I mean? And, and there were just some details in there that were fun to talk about and just get some perspective on the one led worship at her church. And the other gal was just complimenting how amazing she is at it. And she was humble about it. And it, you know, we just had a great time. And then, uh, you know, again, meeting up with my friend Geneva, who was the one I was telling you about the, you know, the awesome thought of the week that she, she expressed that like, she loved the, the podcast. It really was get great feedback and then she just loved the we put this whole awesome thing together so that she could be like wow i want to have my awesome thing and be thinking more consciously about it so i know it was a lot a long way to by introduction but man it was just it was super cool i just i feel so on cloud nine right it's wonderful how the lord yeah it's it's just the lord hears you he sees what's going on and he's like here let me show you let me show you how awesome you really are that's right that's right Mm -hmm. and and the cool thing is that um his name is brandon and he's willing to come on the podcast at some point too so all right well we we've got you on a really good high with everything so now we're going to delve into some i think 
people would call taboo, I suppose, might be the way to describe this subject. But I'll, I'm just going to read the infographic that kind of inspired this whole idea for me that we all kind of discussed and thought, yeah, let's 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 be change agents here. Let's start the conversation. Let's get things moving. And so um, it was uh, it was uh, the infographic was being taught to avoid talking about politics and religion has led to a lack of understanding of politics and religion. What we should have been taught was how to have a civil conversation about a difficult topic. Yeah, I'm pausing for effect on that one because I had to have that when I read it too. So it is. And the, I think the, the, the 30,000 foot view thought that I first had on this for me was we, we need to like anything, I I guess the thought I'm, I'm trying to articulate this proper, like anything that's meaningful in any stage phase of life or discussion subject, anything at all, if it's really meaningful and has power to make a shift or a change or impact on something, to avoid not talking about it is the dumbest thing we could do. You know what I mean? I, you, we have, it's, I, I love the, the idea, the, the picture I had was somebody shared about like Buffalo. They run into the storm to get through the storm. They don't run away from it and keep running from it and keep running from it as it chases them and chases them. Like that's kind of what I felt like. That's how it works. Okay. This subject's here. I, I, it's, I can't ignore it. I mean, it's one thing if you don't know what to say about it, then shut up. Yes, don't don't be an idiot and try and just babble your way through it because then you're going to make a bigger mess of things. So if you're not confident, that's okay. You can sit back and now learn something or go go study up and learn something. Start exposing yourself to it. That's that's a whole different thing than just spouting off some opinion that may have no basis in fact or reason or anything. Now you're just creating a problem, right? So, but I I just feel like... I don't really know the history and I didn't take the time to look at it, but I, I know personally in my time frame growing up, I didn't get a, a really good way of like talking about those challenging subjects and difficult subjects in life. I, I didn't get it mo- necessarily modeled for me. I had very opinionated people. And I think a lot of us could probably say that's true. And I think that's easier to have that bent in terms of just having an opinion all the time instead of sitting back and really having a wanting to have like i think the bible's good you know that there was that bring a a a a reasonable argument to me as the lord would say and i will hear you but don't come with some whiny cheap you know argument that's just based in your own feelings because you're just this and that and, and make it real simple like that like you can express that to the Lord. I get it. But like, if you're coming with a really like here, I'm going to argue with you because I really feel this and I've done my homework. Here's what I'm bringing to you. He's like, bring it. I'll listen. Like, I think that's the way it needs to kind of be set up. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think communication is really hard for a lot of people and, um, learning effective ways to communicate when somebody is trying to have conversations with you that maybe you disagree on or you just don't like what they're saying. That is really the whole point. And and it's not easy for a lot of people Yeah, to do that. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I came across one of the persons that I thought of like big time was Victor Frankl, the gentleman that was, horribly, you know, treated in a concentration camp back by the Nazis. And and you read like I would encourage anybody to just go Google or wherever whatever search engine you use really and type his name up and in quote and then put quotes and just spend a little time reading the things he shared. My gosh, like I got nothing to to complain about listening to the way he processed some pretty horrible, I'm sure things he witnessed, but experienced also, right? And where he came from. And so I got a couple of quotes that I I pulled from reading his that I wanted to share. First one was, forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing, your freedom to choose how you will respond to the situation. And then the other one was, between stimulus and response, 
there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And then I put a little note on another piece of what he said. It says, great freedom, freedom to con uh, control our, our, choose our attitude is what it kind of defined. He, another one, they just took a piece of it and said, freedom to choose our attitude. So I feel like that is a really good place to kind of springboard from any kind of conversation I feel like you're going to have. You have to realize you have a choice. You're not a victim in anything. You're not being forced to say it that way because they just said that and they did this and they talked to me that way. And it doesn't matter. It has zero to do with what they're saying, doing or feeling or showing you in action or getting in your face, spitting on you, all the things that happen when they're fired up about something, right? Whatever, let's, if we want to say it that way, it still comes down. You have that moment to take a choice on how you respond and how your attitude's going to be, your emotions and, and all of that. And that's what I hope we can kind of walk through a little bit as we do this podcast is the more bedrock things. I'm not here to pick sides on who you believe and what you believe. I don't care. Um, I think if you just have a set of skills and tools and to how to approach the communication process with this, you can start having the difficult conversations without losing people in the end, right? In a, in a negative way, at least. I mean, some people just may not agree and, and that's okay too. Like not everybody's gonna, going to, and I don't think they should. That's why we find our tribe. <laughs> you know, we have our, our home base and we go out and have meaningful conversations and see what we can do. I mean, that's just the kind of the goals, I suppose. I love those quotes very, very much. I definitely think it is really about your own choice of how you want to respond. I have had conversations where they're very heated and people get upset and then things get said that shouldn't be said. And not like you said, not everybody is going to be that way. You can have, sit and want to have a civil conversation about a, a subject or a topic, but that doesn't mean that the other person is going to be okay or do the same thing for you. And that's where your choice comes in. You can just choose, okay, well, then this is just not a topic we're going to ever talk about again. <laughs> we can talk about something else or we can choose something else. But yeah, we don't have to continue that conversation because you, you don't have to. There's nobody telling you that you have to have these heated conversations and get so upset. It's just, it's not good for your health, <laughs> <laughs> right? among other things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think a couple other things, and I don't know, I'm trying to put these in a semi chronological order or some way that it thought process that makes sense um, as best I can. Uh, but I just have like these little, I don't know, I, over time, I've picked up these little nuggets, I suppose, of truth and, and guidance principles and things like that, that like, I remember when I was like 18, 19, we were out in the desert studying the Bible together with a group of us. And one of the most profound things is so it's going to seem so simple as soon as I say it, but it really hit me when the gentleman was teaching us, he said, what, what you know, is a product of whom you choose to believe. I was like, dude, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. You know, I, I just, and I've always thought of, and then another one had was shared to me that said, um, you're only 51% persuaded when you believe something at the minimum. And I was like, okay, okay. So what it means is if you have those principles, like, okay, I choose to believe certain things. So that's what formulates my opinions or my thoughts or how I walk out this life. Okay. Got it. Perfect. And then just because I believe something doesn't mean it's, 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 I'm locked. It's done. Okay. Moving on. Check that box. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It, it, there's evidence suggesting this direction that I'm following. Okay, cool. And as you continue to explore that or hear more things, whatever, it can flip flop. It could, it could bolster it more so. And then you're like, look, man, I'm just, there's, and I think that's the way approaching a conversation already can be very helpful. Like, I don't know who's choosing what they, what sources are they believing? I know what sources I believe. I don't know if they're even, either one of us got it right. Who knows? So being honest right up front in that sense could be very helpful. Like, hey, look it, 
my journey has been thus and so, and this is where, you know, getting to understand the background of where this all came from. Where did you kind of, you know, not like I have to proof it to you, like here, I'm going to pull out my encyclopedia and show you, I'm going to pull out my notes I made 15 years ago. No, I'm not talking like that kind of technicality, but just being honest about like, Hey, this is where I've, I've spent a lot of time studying. Like, and if you, again, you know, people trust the doctors and the nurses or anybody in any career field because they spent a lot of time studying things that we just didn't. Do you argue with every single point on someone who's got a, you know, obviously some education on and they've built a whole brand or life on, you know, knowing that information? No, because you know that they did their due diligence and really tested some things. And so for the most part, they're probably right most of the time. Yeah. Are they always, who knows? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting lost in the weeds a little bit with that, but I'm just saying there's enough there that you can trust that. And, and so we, I think if we understand, you know, those two principles, and then the other thing is with this whole conversation, I love that statement. If it's, if it's to be, it starts with me. Right. So I, I have to own the change in this. I need to be better in those conversations period. I, I, you decide for you, but I'm just telling you how I need to show up. So we also need to just turn it back on us. And I think that's what a lot of changing ourselves in life is the hard part is because it gets very deep and it gets very personal and it gets very centered on you. Like I could be the problem and I don't want to admit that. Dang it. That's that. I got to put a defense out. And, and, and I think that's the other part of it too. I don't know the history and the story that somebody's coming to this whole conversation with. I have no idea. So seek first to understand, then be understood, right? If you, so if you, I hope you're catching the principles. Like this is all pushing away from me being at the center of this conversation and my way and all the things. And I've heard people say like, if you're the one asking all the questions, you're in control. But I don't think that's a negative. I think that's a good thing because you're asking questions to get more information, more understanding. You're seeking more and more and more to learn. And that's complementary to the, to the person speaking to you, I believe. At least I would feel that way. If they're questioning me in a patronizing way, well, then I'm picking up on that, right? And that leads me to the communication categories of body language, tone of voice, and actual words. Um, let, me, let me just have a little pop quiz fun with you. You guys let me know. How much of do you think the body language has a factor in it versus the tone of voice and actual words? Do you think it's a lot more or equal? What would you say? Oh, that's tough. Um, because I can see both sides. I can, you know, my family can be real loud, but that doesn't mean that their loud tone of voice is a condescending or in a negative way. They can be very happy and just be very, very loud. Yeah. So, but your body language is always going to kind of I mean, you're not going to be saying something really super happy, positive, you know, with your arms crossed in front of you or on your hips. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that can. Let me paint this. Better. Let me give, give it this way to you. I went to the Blue Man Crew uh, group show here. Mm -hmm. It's a, at least an hour and a half, maybe two hour show. They never talk once. I laughed. I giggled. And we had a very good time. They do not talk the whole show. So actual words is seven percent. Seven seven percent of the of words is is body language is communication. Seven percent. Thirty eight percent is tone of voice, and fifty five is body language. Pretty powerful. Like so, like you were just talking about. Like if you're standing there talking with your arms crossed, and your eye rolling, and you're wrinkling your face, and all these things when you don't realize. Those are some, to me, those are subconscious things. I don't think we always know that we're doing those things because you're having a thought in your head because you're not really listening to what they're saying. You're already creating, wait, when they take a breath, I'm going to pounce, man. This is the prey I'm looking for. Let's go. Like, I think you're just pr primed that way almost. You know what I mean? And that, that is what I'm saying is the issue. We've got to deal with things like that first. I was just listening to my uh, Bible app, just doing my devotions and, and I've, heard Matthew chapter, you know, five, many a times, what came out was verse 33 in chapter five, and it was about oath taking. And it, it basically talks about who the heck are you to swear by anything? And I'll read it to you. It says, um, 
Do not break your oath, be, but fulfill the, uh, to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, you do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And I guess my quick takeaway on that was like, that just kind of humbled me and put me in my place. Like, who the heck do you think you are when you posture up and just think you're going to beat your chest and you've got this all... I'm, I'm the man, like things like that. You read and you go, dude, I'm not, I'm not the end all be all. And I'm not that, that great. Okay. I'm a, I'm an awesome human being. that was created just like the person I'm talking to. So I'm, what I'm saying is we need to realize we're equals, no matter what we believe or think differently or however, that, that doesn't matter. It's we're human to human connection right here. So we need to start with that basic respect. Those are just some of the by way of uh, setting this up for me that I was really moved by. If you remain curious, then you're always questioning anything and everything just because you want to know more. You want to understand more. You're just that's excitement for like learning in life. You're not just rigid and, you know, crotchety and, and set in your ways as they would describe people like I don't I don't ever want to be that till the till the death. I don't want to be that way forever learning. I my grandmother always like did um, puzzles like crossword puzzles when the paper was, uh, you know, around, she would do that every day. She read all the time and she stayed in her nineties and she had her faculties with her. They say there's a lot of science in that. And like, I love that about that. Like stay curious, stay informed, stay reading, stay engaging, keep challenging yourself until the death, because you just never know. I don't know. And uh, it's just, it's, it's cool work. It, it can take you, I think in conversations, if you're if you're someone that people find pleasurable to talk with, you know, I, it's, it's amazing. It, it can be such a cool thing. And I thought, uh, I thought of too, like the scripture where it talks about, and, and this kind of probably goes in more into, I would say heated discussions and, and obviously dealing with, um, you know, politics and religion, which are probably the two hottest things, as we said in that infographic, I, I want to remind people that this, you know, we don't war against the flesh and blood here. Like that, that scripture in Ephesians six twelve is super good to, to pull out and really read that. Because if you really sit back and think about it, I, I and I always relate to this because I, I've never been in a, in a fist fight in my life. And, and I, th I credit to the fact that I run my mouth and talk a lot and I can negotiate pretty well. <laughs> um, but the, I've always had somebody want to come and like punch my lights out and I'm like, I'll stand there and I'll tell them like, okay, so you hit me, maybe I hit you back, then what? And it diffuses it almost every time because it, they, they don't have an answer because they're just reacting to a situation. They're not processing. Their, their adrenaline is running so high, their animalistic brain is taken over and they have no thought process whatsoever at this point. And, and I've always used that as my, my basis of like, you know, so we do this, we do this. What's the end result? What is it going to solve? What are we going to prove here? That you got a good sucker punch and knock me out? Okay, great. Now when we, when we all wake up from that and we all go home and, and really process what we just did, what does that do for us? We didn't get anywhere. If anything, I have a hatred for you, maybe you you feel like, yeah, I dominated that dude. And you did you win? In a, I don't know. I mean, if you, if that's your thing, I guess, I don't know. But I just don't feel like it's productive, obviously. So if we think about it, like we're really worrying against thoughts, ideas, there's spiritual forces at play. There's, there's, there's evil out there that really has an intent that if you see it as God is, we are his prized possession, the apple of his eye, the one he died for as, as we understand it and loves you to no end. Then if there's an evil out there, what do you think the number one thing they want to do? absolutely wreck you and cause division and strife and fighting and all the things between us. And to me, it, it going back to the physical thing, it's just easier to punch somebody and walk away than it is to really deal with the, something and walk, work through it. Even if you come to a, an agreement where like, Hey, we're done. We aren't going to, we're not going to be best friends here. We're not going to see eye to eye on this. That's okay. You continue on your way. I'm going to continue on mine and, and we're good, you know, and, and just, have a come to a, again, I, and I believe you to be a valuable person on the planet. I feel that way about me. We just don't agree on some things. That's okay. And it's okay. And have the respect and, and walk away. And I, who knows what that could serve in the long term? people watching you do that, what might that do for them? You know what I mean? How they witness that go down. Cause usually in a fight, there's a crowd. 
you know, cause everybody's like, Ooh, Ooh, what's going to happen? You know? And if you handle it right, man, you might just really help some other people go back from that going, that was powerful, man. I, you know, and maybe they'll do it, you know, and mimic it hopefully. So I think it's also important to understand everybody wants to feel seen, heard and respected. You know, we want to love and to be loved. And if you say you don't, I, I, I don't have any understanding of that. Cause I think you're lying. You know, I know life could have really put you in a horrible circumstance and beat you up and you just have, you think you have this hatred for the world, but I don't know. There's just, when someone loves on somebody who's really hurting and they just be patient and love on them, they warm up and they realize how important that is and being hugged. I mean, I just, we, we started this going joke in the house here. I, I hug my wife and I say, how many is that today? Because I, I had read some statistic on you know, certain amount of hugs up to one to three was this and then three to six was that. And if you get up to 12, it does this for you and your dopamine, your la la and all these th awesome things. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. So, you know, I just like we're we're very tribal. We want to be in connection, the energy we get from being around people and hanging with them. And so all that matters. You know what I mean? So anything that's contrary to that, it's a lie. Don't buy it. And I think the greatest gift that I can give is to stop perpetuating lies you know, in the end, like with all of this. And that, that was another cool quote I read as well. And, and it's okay to test everything. You know, you know, if you, you hear something, you go, I don't know if that's true or not. It's okay to go, go test it out, you know, really test what they're saying before you just assume because you didn't like how it sounded or it came across, maybe you're wrong. No, man, give it a chance. You know, you always assume that the other person has something of value to share. If you go in with that mindset, just assume it. You don't, you don't have to be right. It's not about being right. It's just assuming they, have, they, they are valuable, they bring value, and they're going to have something valuable that they can tell you that you're going to pick up on. And take the burden off yourself from having to convince somebody. You're not an evangelist every time you talk to somebody. You're not the sales guy that's got to sell them the thing every time you talk to them. You don't have to argue your way in a... You, Get rid of your need to be right. That's the big thing. If you can stop that mentality, which is very prevalent and very, it's, I think it's a part of a false security a little bit that we, we just want to be right. So then we're not wrong. And because wrong is shameful and shame is bad. And then we have fear and fear is horrible. And so we, we play in those two emotions and they just devastate our life. So I think it's important, you know, to just get, let go of being right and be open and be curious, right? I was actually just looking up, um, or I mean, not just right now, but I've, <laughs> I found this quote, I mean, excuse me, not another quote, a Bible verse that is really good with about communication. Okay. So it's James 119, which says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. Yes. And that's really I think that's really powerful when it comes to any conversation that you're going to have with somebody else. Yep. And again, think about that. What you just said, that's the goal and the ideal way. Everything around that is going to try and go opposite of that and just make a mess of the whole thing. Right. That's how you, to me that I feel like when people get really fired up on something, there's something there. I, I don't always know what it is, but you know that, that it means something to them for some reason. And that's where the curiosity should come in. Like, why are they feeling that way? What's going on with that? Like, I want to dig. That's where you start asking all the questions. And they're always open-ended, not yes and no questions. Have them talk because sometimes, I, I know I've done it. Like, if you're talking out loud and you say that thing, you go, I can't believe I just said that. Okay. Whoa. You know, like, or I heard myself say that. I'm like, Maybe that isn't as wise as I thought. I don't know. You know, or, wow, that was really profound. I didn't know I knew that. You know, I don't know. Like you just have those moments where you hear it if you're, you know, when there's enough conversation and versus yelling and spitting and then folding hands and shut up. I ain't talking to you. And then insults start flying and you're like, oh my gosh. You know, at that point, it's, you know, and it, I think it, we could demonstrate a little like, I need to take a break from this conversation. I'm going to walk outside and get a little fresh air because I love you and I care about you and I respect you. I don't think where we're going with this right now is going to be productive and helpful. And I need to, I just need, we need to pause right here. Be courageous and bold enough and brave enough to do that. If you have to, that's maturity to me. 
it's going to feel awkward. Yes. Because people don't, don't do that. They just, they just want to keep going and keep going. And, but, but like I said, once the, that adrenaline gets really high in in the body, man, the, that primitive brain kicks in and there's just nothing, there's no reasoning there. You're not going to, they're not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. Nothing's nothing productive is happening. Everybody around you starting to go, you know, this is awful. And it just ruins the whole situation badly. And then, like you guys said, there's, you know, there's people that don't speak to each other anymore because of these kinds of circumstances, unfortunately. And it goes on for years. And sadly, some people never resolve it till their death, unfortunately. And I think that's just, that's just heartbreaking to me. Yeah, me too. I mean, all you can do is you just can do the best you can. I, I do know many people who haven't spoken with family members in many, many years due to uh, situations like this or conversations or disagreements and beliefs. And yep. you can't make them change their mind. You can just be an influence and just pray about it. <laughs> and yep. maybe one day they will change or open their mind to a at least being able to talk about it and realizing it's okay to disagree. Yeah. We don't all have to agree on everything. Yeah. It's totally okay. Well, and, and I think going back to like that, the body language, tone of voice stuff that we were kind of talking about, cause I want to say this, like when you're engaging someone and you really genuinely have to have not a false um, understanding, but a real belief that they, they mean something. If you don't believe that about them, your body language is going to lie to them. You can say all you want to say. I, I always laugh, but my mom tells a story about one time when I was in the store, I was just a bull in a China shop as they described it. Um, and there was this crashing sound an aisle over. My mom was like, uh, I know she, you know, and I come around the corner and I had this look on my face and she's like, what happened? And I'm like, nothing, nothing. I'm, I'm everything's fine. We're good. Well, the spaghetti sauce all over the front of you would say otherwise. So let that be the image when you think about like what I say and what I, my actions are saying are totally not congruent right there. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to lie, but the evidence was obvious by my, what was on my body, you know, like that's what I'm talking about. So if you can approach somebody, so let's get a little tactical with some approaches here. You know, if you can really affirm them by saying something positive about them. And again, this isn't artificial. This is, you need to believe this, like, find something about them that you've always appreciated and start there. Like, I really appreciate this about you and, and look them in the eye, be honest, you know, and like, I, 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 I yeah, the language is interesting because subconsciously we pick up on things that we don't realize. And like, when you see people at like the Academy Awards, I'm going to ruin every award show probably for everybody now, but some people get up there and go, I want, I want to thank my wife. I want to thank my, I would love to thank, I would love to love, I would love to do these things, but do they actually ever say thank you? I don't know. A lot of times I don't think they do. And I think subconsciously people pick up on that and they don't realize that they're, they think it's in the moment, they're caught up in the emotion of it, but it's not really being said in a very fact way. So be intentional with the words like, I am sorry. I, not like, I wish to apologize to you. Okay. I'm waiting for the apology, you know, like do the thing, not just say it, talk about it. Right. Um, and so let, let them know that they matter basically. Right. And when we're dealing with the frustration, um, piece of it, like, cause I think that's probably the most prevalent on most people's minds, right. Is how do we handle the hot, the heated situation? And I find from uh, a couple of people, uh, one guy that I really like is uh, Ford Taylor. He has a book out called Relational Leadership. And it's when relationships collide with transactions. Um, and it's about leadership. And he has this model called slow. Um, I think it's slow or is it slower? Let me check. Slower, sorry. So it just kind of goes over the S being square up and be silent. And then like lean into the conversation, like show the engagement, right? And then um, the other piece to that was maintain an open posture. So that's where you don't fold your arms. You don't start like getting closed up like you're just annoyed, right? Be Stay open and, and big like, hey, I'm really in I'm into this. Yeah, tell me more. Like you've got that posture that's giving them that feedback. Like I really want to hear more about this. And then again, being willing to be engaged 
making the eye contact, relax, respond, and repeat. And um, that was was huge, like because he kind of ties that into a, a seven step process for handling an upset person. And this one was to me really cool. So if you'll follow in there, the first three steps was remain silent, remain silent, remain silent. And the reason is, and that's where the whole dope, the whole uh, adrenaline thing comes into play. Cause like his whole point is like, if they're upset, so like, you know, a lot of times you, we probably witnessed this when a customer comes in and they're just freaking irate and they're just, ah, just letting it go like a fire hose. You are not going to reason with that person until that epinephrine is exhausted. So that's why the silence is so important. And, and I would say in a conversation, you have someone you love, maybe it's a little more personal. The silent part of it would be, tell me more, tell me how, why, you know, like asking, you know, a little bit about that, or if they're just going off, going off and you, you try to say something, they just keep going, going, then that's when you just, you do sit back and just really be silent because they need a moment and it might get awkward because they're going to, they might stop and then think you're going to say something and then they start up again. And the, so his whole point is like, you need to let them know, you need to let them have that time to just really exhaust all of that before you come back and say something. And then you can thank them for their feedback. That's the fourth step. Thank you for all that. Thank you for what you just said. And then the fifth step, he says, repeat back to be sure you fully understood what the person was saying. So if you're not thinking about what you're going to say, then you're going to hear what they said. But if you're thinking about what you're going to respond with, you're not picking up on anything they just said. So now you can't repeat it back. And who? now you're both a bunch of knuckleheads. You know what I mean? Like not, nothing happened there now. So I'm just saying, go in with, we got to start preparing now, right? And you're thinking about it now while you're calm. And then make a commitment to follow up with them. You know, like after it's all said and done, this is going to get more in the customer scenario, but I still think it applies in the personal scenario. Like maybe you send them a text the next day after things have calmed down, or maybe you phone call, email, I don't know, whatever you do, right? And, or a video message and just really thank them for, sticking it out and being and being willing to go through that conversation with you as much as it was, you know, whatever difficult or however, or how it ended. Right. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And then just, if there was maybe, maybe there was some challenges, maybe it was pointed at you as more personal and they said some things, you know, maybe you can like his seventh detail was make a commitment and follow up on the problem. Once you have all the details, you know, so it maybe maybe be open to say, hey, maybe there's something that I could change. Maybe I did say something that offended them. Maybe I, I didn't, because again, I don't think we know like their history, right? That's the problem. If we don't know something way back was a traumatic experience and it was related to this thing you're talking about, they're going to have a lot to say on it and they don't even realize that how passionate they're going to be about it because it was so touching to them, right? Or personal, if you will. In the political scenario, I had one situation where uh, somebody, I, I don't know. I don't even really put anything really political on my, my social channels. I just don't, I don't find that's a good me vehicle to create conversation with. I think it just creates a lot of more trolls and then people just get mad and start saying, saying things because they don't have any accountability. You know, sure. You can come back and try and reply, but it's so easy when <clears throat> you're on the, dis on a distance like that, you're not in the same room or on a phone call where you're right there. It feels like, you know, we're on a zoom call directly eye to eye where you kind of have to own it a little bit more and you can't get away with it per se. But I, I don't know. I, I put something that I feel like wasn't really that political, but apparently whoever this person was, it was a family member. They responded back and it basically called me a Trump lover. You know, and, and I, I bring that point out because like no name calling like that, that, that to me, when you say that, that's because you're immature in your thought process. In my opinion, I think that's just really, it's sad. It's, I have pity on you for, you know, having that mindset. Now you're just going to name call somebody. I mean, again, goes back to that whole fighting thing. What's going to be the end result of you saying that? So that would be my charge in that sense. Like, think about what you're going to say before you say it. And really, really think about like, how will, what's, what is my goal in saying this to this person in this moment? What is it going to, what do I want to produce? What outcome am I looking for here? Just to feel better that I said it or, you know, to, to make us move closer to each other, to have a more intimate, connected relationship, even with those we disagree with. There's, 
we're not like 100% disagreeing on everything. Come on, that's just not, that's not possible. I bet you I have a food that you like that I like. We could probably have dinner together. I mean, you know what I mean? There's ways to come together. And like you said, Melissa, earlier, we can ignore the things like, w w as long as we both get it out there, like, look, we're never going to agree on this subject together. And the times we've tried to talk about it, I just don't feel like it's been productive. So if you're cool and I'm cool, let's just, we'll leave that alone and we'll enjoy the parts we do have, you know, in common and, and make the best of it that way. And I just think that's probably to me the best way to walk away from a difficult disagreement with somebody. But at the end of the day, the reason I wanted to bring this all out to everybody is I really want us to start this conversation and, and be willing to be brave to, to engage other people now and let them know, like, we need to talk about these things because I want to under, and again, if you approach it with the curiosity that I mentioned, that will be the best thing you could ride the wave of. Like, I'm just doing this because I'm curious and I want to the, not have these taboo subjects we can, we can't talk about, you know, and do them in a mature way, not, not in a, you know, educated, mature way, I guess is what I would best say it. You have two ears and one mouth, use it in that ratio. There you go. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's always stuck with me. I, I go for the simple ones. They're easy to remember. I don't like the complicated memorized lines. They just, they don't serve me well. <laughs> so you're good with me. <laughs> well, anything else? I think you said it perfectly. Well, thanks. Hey there, you awesome, amazing human. Before you go, did you love this episode of the I'm Awesome Podcast? Great. Head over to iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to us on and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. We read every single one of your reviews. Thank you. And to connect further with us, please be sure to head over to our Facebook page. Until next time, go and be what you know you already are. Awesome. <laughs>